0: Welcome to Podcasts of Foes. I'm Greg Tito, host of Dragon Talk, the official Dungeons & Dragons podcast. To celebrate the launch of Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, we worked with more than 20 of the community's favorite live play D&D podcasts to record special episodes using monsters and lore from Tome of Foes. We love highlighting the creativity of these amazing players and Dungeon Masters, and hopefully you will find one or two new podcasts to follow. To find out more about these groups and Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, Head to dnd.wizards.com/mtof, or check out our live video programming on Twitch.tv/dnd. I wanted to thank Victoria Rogers from the BroadSwords for organizing all these amazing adventures from the community in this podcast of foes. And to find out about the next d adventure, check out the Stream of Many Eyes on June 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. More information on that event can be found at dnd.wizards.com/some. Have fun listening to this awesome one-shot adventure featuring monsters, stories, and lore pulled straight from Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. Available in game stores on May 18th and everywhere else on May 29th. Have fun rolling dice!
1: Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancor,
2: a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton
3: Tanks.
4: Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns.
3: And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Oboe Crazy, your humble DM. And welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers, welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, also known as Oboe Crazy. We usually begin our show by doing a quick recap of the previous episode and then chatting a bit about what everybody is enjoying drinking while we play. Now, since this is a standalone adventure in the Podcast of Foes using the Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes adventure, I'll just say that our heroes are in the city of Waterdeep, one of the largest and most exciting cities along the Sword Coast, which happens to be actually chronologically where they are. We actually, for those of you who are listening to us for the first time, we just completed a rather large and intensive campaign, I guess? Adventure? Backstory-ridden devil-worshipping funness for Travancore. We're kind of in between large storylines at the moment. So if you're joining us, this is the perfect time. Tonight... In honor of this being an auspicious episode, I have two of my favorite things to drink. I have a very large mug full of blackberry sage tea, which makes me happy. And then I have the very last of my bullet bourbon. There's not much left. And when we roll our natural 20s, we all take a drink. Carlton, why don't you give us a start? Give us the 10-second description of your character and let us know what you're drinking.
2: Uh, I'm John, aka That Film Guy. I play Carlton Tanks, You're. Lovable idiot, half of uh, half orc, or, or yeah, half oaf of a barbarian. <laughs> that works. Uh, <laughs> Let's remember.
3: You keep saying that. What is your intelligence?
2: Twelve.
4: Yeah, you're not an idiot. <laughs> I
2: think I'm a you're... lovable oaf. Oaf is not idiot. Oaf is an oaf.
4: Fair enough. Yeah, he can be a very intelligent. Like he's intelligence is knowing that a tomato is not a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruits or is a yes. fruit. The tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put a tomato in a fruit salad.
3: And he has both the wisdom and the intelligence to know not to put it up his butt. <laughs> what are you drinking?
2: <laughs> uh, in honor of, uh, so they all drink their lovely uh, alcohol beverages, but in honor of uh, Tomophos and the planar elements of it, I hopped over to the plane, the n- plane of nostalgia and grabbed some Capri Sun Pacific cooler. Wow. my only
3: regret about this is we did not actually watch you
4: put the straw into that little don't worry foil. F2, i'll
2: pause and say hey guys I'll, and i'll do the take a right cute the- selfie of
4: yeah. you sipping on that capri sun for me that sounds weird i'm our social media <laughs> manager friends god i'll just edit that part out. <laughs>
3: Well, Bernie, let's go over to you. You can tell us about our Instagram, the basics of your character, and what you're drinking.
4: Hi, everyone. My name is Julia, and I play the rock gnome, Bernice Burns. I don't know why I say rock gnome; it's never come up.
3: Uh, <laughs> one day, you, one, one day it <laughs>
4: might. One day there will be some rocks, and Bernie will be like, "Yeah, this feels like home." So I play Bernice Q. Burns. She worships, uh, sort of a homebrew goddess, Queen Bay. And I also run our Instagram, so you guys should all go follow us on Instagram. Make me feel really almost instant gratified and Uh. give us lots of likes and loves. And if you do go follow us, there will be a really cute picture of our barbarian sipping a Capri Sun up there (laughs) by the time you hear this. But it is dungeon underscore drunks on Instagram. And tonight I am drinking a Collective Arts Brewing Lunch Money Pale Ale, and it's very good. Collective Arts is located outside of Toronto.
3: Travancore, briefly introduce your character and tell us what you're drinking. Good people of Faerun.
5: Uh, my name's Jack. I play Travancore, an unearthed Arcana Beastmaster Ranger uh, from the Kingdom of Arcanum, which is influenced by both Philadelphia and India. And yes, it works. Yes. And he has an animal companion named Shadow, who is like the sleeper hit of this podcast, arguably. <laughs> He's also a fire bear. Yes, fire yep. bear. And, very and he
3: loves Travancore very much. We'll see if if Shadow makes an appearance talking in this episode. And what are you drinking?
5: So in honor of the upcoming very good weather in the area, I have Pacifico. Nice good beach beer. You know, basic, clean, simple, effective. Sometimes you just gotta go with the basics.
3: Finally! Jonathan, tell us the short version of your character and what you're drinking tonight. Hi, hey, this
1: is Jonathan. I play Jonathan
3: the Muscular, the human
1: evocation wizard. And uh, tonight I am drinking Tanat Wine. This is the Don uh, Rodolfo Art of the Andes. It's a 2015, and I haven't had this particular Tanat Wine until right now. Ooh,
3: live tastings. I love these.
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. It's a it's a nice, nice deep red, and uh, I, I I like it. It was an inexpensive bottle tonight, so yay. And uh, this is something that I do. Back in one of our live shows, I saw a little airplane bottle of Fireball sitting in front of me. And I thought in my drunken state, hey, uh, next time I cast Fireball, I'm going to down that bottle. And I did. After that, it became a thing. And I start uh, every show dedicating a shot of fireball to a particular person and tonight's shot of fireball to be consumed at the casting of fireball or an equivalent spell thereof is dedicated to victoria rogers who is from the uh live DD play podcast uh the broadswords which is also an awesome name for a DD podcast uh she is the one who is organizing the whole podcast of foe's event and so we uh we are very appreciative of her. So, thank you victoria as well this is also for Greg Tito from Wizards of the Coast for giving us the support and putting us on the uh, the channel. So thank you so much. This shot of Fireball is for y'all.
3: Yeah.
5: Can I just say, like, things I want on the other end of the paywall, Capri Sun Unboxing.
3: <laughs> yes, if you would like to join our Patreon, you can get a shot of Fireball dedicated to you. But now that we've introduced ourselves, let's actually play a little bit. How <sighs> yes. about... Yes. Yes. So you guys, as I said at the beginning of the intro, are still in Waterdeep. You are currently enjoying an early, early morning at the Golden Rock Tavern, which is kind of your home away from home here in Waterdeep. You have been here for a couple of weeks now. You've uh, gotten to know Gestak, the owner, pretty well. You've been staying here long enough that you practically have set rooms, and it's... Quiet this early in the morning at the Golden Rock. All the people that are here are just you and him. He's served up some breakfast, and uh, I'd love you all to roll perception checks. Mm. Ooh, I can do that.
2: That's the thing we can all do. Absolutely. Right
3: away, too. Like, immediate perception checks.
1: Have just us I- or our faithful animal companions as well.
3: Well, you didn't introduce your faithful animal companion. So, Jonathan, why don't you go ahead and say who your faithful animal companion is? It is,
1: is uh, my familiar, the, who takes the form of a celestial pygmy owl. His name is Buxton Bertram Bellwether, but we all
3: affectionately know him as Bucks. And what did you and Bucks roll for your perception checks?
1: Well, interestingly enough, Jonathan the muscular, rolled a 10, so not great. But Bucks, faithful owl buddy... Rolled a natural twenty. Everybody, (laughs) drink! All
3: right, Carlton, what'd you roll?
2: Uh, I rolled a seventeen, but my direwolf puppy brother Blue uh, started sniffing around and got—I don't know what the puppy's modifier is. So it's a nineteen on the die.
3: It's a negative one. He's a puppy. All
2: right, so that's an eighteen. So he smells better than I can look.
3: And Bernie, how about you? And want to you introduce your faithful animal companion? Since apparently everybody has a pet yeah. in this game.
4: Hey, I actually yeah, that's true. I uh, got a twenty, not natural, but I still got twenty, so it's fine. Uh, and uh, Baron von Kokosnoot, Snoot, the battle dog that I ride, got a six. Baron von Kokosnoot doesn't always make a lot of checks.
3: <laughs> he does not. His his main job is being adorable and carrying you around, and he does both very well. And finally, Travancore and Shadow, what did you guys roll? Yeah,
5: ordinarily the Viceroy perception, Travancore rolls an 8. But uh but Shadow did much better at 23.
3: All right. Pretty much all of you uh with the exception of Jonathan Travancore and Coco Snoot are all enjoying breakfast really early in the morning. You're still all kind of still waking up. So when breakfast was served, you were looking at the table. The dog was just basically looking at his bowl. And you just started munching. You didn't even look up. The rest of you noticed that Gestak, the the improprietor for the Golden Rock Tavern, is wearing a really frilly white long-sleeve shirt with really fancy embroidery. He's usually in plain clothes. Sometimes a little stained. I mean, his job is a little bit dirty. He keeps himself well kept, but he's this is fancy duds, especially for like six o'clock in the morning. Uh, Gus. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You look. You're like. You took a bath and you put this on. in Any particular reason?
6: Uh, yeah.
4: You like it? Fancy, huh? Fancy is definitely a word to describe it. It. It's and you got used pearls. That word.
3: I've never been able to wear frills before. This is kind of fun.
4: Are you you going somewhere special, friend?
3: Nah, I'm probably going to ruin this pretty quickly. But I was doing some renovations down in the basement, trying to open it up. turn it into like a proper wine cellar. And I broke through one of the walls and I found this whole extra room down there. And I think it used to be part of an underground barred fight ring.
4: You know, everything you're saying actually... Makes a lot of sense knowing what I know about bards, which is not a lot, because, you know, you try to avoid them when you can.
3: But have you ever seen one of those underground bard fight rings? Yeah,
2: they just take their guitars and smash them over each other's
3: heads, right? Well, that's, I mean, but they start off viciously mocking each other for hours on end. It just, uh, it's insult sword fighting at its finest, but it's all, it's all, like, low-key. I've never actually been to one before. I had a friend who had a friend who was a bard who went to one, and I, I, I think this place used to be one of those places.
4: You know, we have a friend who is a bard and also a chicken.
3: That that can happen. Can chickens sing? You know, this one can't. Beautifully. This one
4: really well. She also kicks a little bit of ass on occasion. Well, the next time she's by, I have her come on down. I'm cleaning the
3: place up. I don't want it to be at the fight ring anymore. But like, I found all this leftover stuff, big boxes and crates full of all kinds of barred stuff. I mean, look at this shirt. And He kind of waves his arms and it's so frilly that it's like sleeves on top of sleeves. And he's like, it's the most impractical shirt ever. Isn't it great?
2: Hey, you uh, need help clearing out that room some more?
3: I gotta search around in there a little bit. I got I got tired. Maybe maybe once I need to carry up some of those boxes, I'll 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 employ you. How about that? Okay,
2: yeah. Just offering our services. If if, eh. if you'll
5: forgive the turn of phrase, are you looking to put the band back together again? Like, are you looking to make this thing a bard fight
3: ring again? Oh no no no! Those those things are illegal, and they usually lead to all sorts of fightin', and then they lead to all sorts of singin', and then show tunes, and no one wants that.
4: Jonathan uh, the
1: Managed Muscular agrees. No one ever wants show tunes, ever.
4: Some of us want show tunes?
1: Jonathan the actual player loves show tunes. Jonathan the Managed Muscular does not. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm going to search through all of the, the stuff that I found tonight. And if I find anything cool, I'll, I'll let you know. Because really, I'm just wearing this because I think it's funny.
4: <laughs> well, I mean, just do promise me that before you get behind the grill, you like uh, roll those sleeves up real good and don't accidentally set yourself on fire. He
3: takes a look down at the sleeves and goes, "Yeah, it's probably a good idea. I'll probably just rip them off before I start grilling stuff up."
4: That's also an option. Yeah, mm. yeah.
3: Jonathan the
1: Magimuscular also recommends that if you do find anything that's really interesting, Jonathan the Magimuscular has the identi- has the ability to identify things now. So if you need some help, Jonathan the Magimuscular is here. Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to go eat breakfast.
3: I'm pretty sure I can identify a shirt, but I'll keep that in mind. And he walks off.
1: <laughs> 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 and then he leaves.
3: <laughs> and he walks back behind the bar. He's starting to get stuff ready. It's, as I said, early in the morning. So you guys are the only people in the bar. But the Golden Rock tends to be a well-frequented establishment. So you do expect there to be more people eventually. And as you guys are enjoying your breakfast and and eating whatever you would like for breakfast, what are you guys eating? Bacon? Well, All yeah, the bacon?
4: huevos rancheros.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> breakfast burritos. Yeah, same. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> he, what I was he, going to say. He's
1: already proven that he has tortillas. Yeah. And I like had baghita tacos. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Breakfast tacos. Absolutely. Breakfast, breakfast tacos. tacos. Yeah, also
5: breakfast tacos.
3: With sides of bacon. Yes. Mm. You guys are enjoying this. And a few minutes after he goes back with his frilly shirt, there is a sudden loud bang at the door. And you guys are all startled as the door is kicked Open and two figures enter the bar. They are very large humanoid creatures with the head of what you think might be a hippopotamus. And they're wearing military style uniforms. Uh, one of them seems to be a higher rank than the other. Both of them are holding some odd weapons that you've only vaguely seen before. They, they're they gunpowder-laden rifles that you've, you've only ever really heard about or seen uh, once or twice. They are imposing figures that come walking, striding into the tavern after having kicked open the door. The one looks around, readjusts the monocle on his hippopotamus eye and says this is this is where it's led to lieutenant search that dog and he points uh, down a coco snoot
4: i'm sorry
3: and the other one walks on over to you they are they're considered medium humanoids but they're like seven feet tall so carlton even even you are I'm like eye right to eye with these guys Yep, and so were these guys. The the one that spoke points to your dog. The other one, Bernie, as you protest, walks in over and says, My apologies, madame, but we need to examine your, your canine.
4: Do you have a search warrant?
3: I have a gun.
4: Yes, and, and I have the overwhelming power of a deity inside me. So I'm going to ask you again, do you have a search warrant, my friend?
3: The the one back at the door says, lef- lef- "Lieutenant, tell her this is for her own good. <laughs> Why would she complain?" And the one that's talking to you says, "This is not. Th- I'm pretty sure that what- you don't have a howler here. He is certainly not large enough. But I need to. I need to just examine him and make sure." And he pulls out a large metal device with a handle on the bottom that seems to be beeping softly. This this will only take a moment, please. Under
2: whose authority are you acting? Yeah. Yeah, no. This is my
3: my captain, and he turns, and the the other large gentleman hippopotamus head uh, snarling at you adjusts his monocle and says, "My name, my this is my authority. My name is Captain Reginald Maximilian the Third, and this is my regiment, and we are currently hunting these howlers. And if you will not help us, then you are a hindrance to us. But bruh, I don't know why you would."
4: All right, Captain Blunderbuss.
3: Okay, Reggie. <laughs> Were you going to say anything else or just say, okay, because I will take that. Oh, I, that was lieutenant, jules, please, but, okay. con- please continue. And the lieutenant starts to point the metal box towards Coco you point
4: anything at my dog, we will be having words. And by words, I mean pain. So you are going to pause for at least a minute and 30 seconds while you explain to me... What it is you are doing, and what it is you are looking for, you don't get to search other people's property simply because you have a gun. And I don't care what Captain Blunderbuss says over there. I don't think he's working for Waterdeep.
3: It's a musket, and of course I'm not working for for Waterdeep. I'm working for myself, for this and the captain of this regiment.
4: Which means you do not have legal authority here my friend so explain yourselves and don't take a step towards my dog the being that's standing
3: near coco snoot that has this metal thing looks back over at the captain again the captain says well fine if you want to explain it to her that's just fine but if a howler comes out of nowhere and eats us all then i'm going to blame our lack of authority on you
4: That's fine. You can blame a lot of things on me and they'll still be your fault the left-handed turns
3: back to you and says we are from the, the 3rd Regiment, 2nd Division uh, 4th Battalion we are currently yes. on dispatch from Pandemonium where we have taken a mercenary job in order to hunt down a pair of howlers that have escaped from Pandemonium and they are they're very crafty, very dangerous canines. I'm sure you would not want to encounter them and they, we, we've had reports of them looking like other creatures and so we need to make sure that the readings that we are getting are not actually from your, your canine. This will not hurt. My My suspicion is that you are not actually housing a howler because that would be suicidal at best and detrimental to your health at worst.
1: Uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular hears this and wants to know if he's ever heard of a howler.
3: Go ahead and roll in. Nature uh, while check. he's doing that, Na- I, nature. Trav-
1: not
5: not her, I? okay. Travancore wants to see whether he knows anything as a, yeah, you know, Viceroy of Glenmar about like as an economy's person about pandemonium or anything like that.
3: That would be an intelligence check. Oh. While you do that, um, Jonathan, what was your nature check?
1: Uh, nature check was uh, eighteen.
6: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm excited <laughs> to hear about what that roll is going to oh, be. Okay,
3: no. uh, before we get to that joyful roll with an eighteen. Uh, you're you're trying to remember if you know anything about howlers specifically.
1: Uh, yeah, and when he mentions pandemonium, I wanna, I I wanna check that too.
3: Well, I'll I'll say your eighteen kind of is a little bit of both. Pandemonium, you know, is not one of the fun lower planes. It's it's a very dangerous place to be. You don't know much. It is a chaotic place filled with incredibly dangerous creatures, and you have heard of. You've heard of howlers, but you all you know is that yeah, you think they they might be dog-ish like, but you you don't really know much. You've never been there, and Pandemonium isn't the kind of place that people go to and come back from, so there's not a lot of firsthand information. Travancore, what did you roll in your intelligence? Perhaps
5: Berkanum revisits his policy of naming uh, people to important diplomatic posts based on nepotism because I rolled a one. <laughs>
3: With a natural one, why do you fail miserably to come up with any information? What's distracted you?
5: So, when they came in, Travancore has a little bit of uh, fajita-like egg on his beard, and he didn't get a chance to clear it because everything happened so quickly, so he's thinking about, how do I move this thing off my beard without these guys looking so I can be slick?
3: (laughs) And in this moment, you end up just giving up and wiping your face in the beard. (laughs) And it is the most obvious moment and 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 no one really looks at you because no one really cares, especially in this tense moment with your cleric confronting these two giant hippopotamus headed humanoids. But yeah, you you get it off your face.
2: I'm gonna hide blue in the basket while they're all concerned about Coco Snoop.
3: Okay. They don't seem to be concerned with with Blue or they haven't noticed him. Bernie, since you're standing right there and very intent on the lieutenant who is currently trying to point something at your dog and has explained about these howlers, you do notice that the the machine itself is beeping softly. It's beep.
4: Beep. 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 Snoot, you howl for the nice man, please.
3: Coco Snoot sits up and at your command goes, Argh. Kind of a quick little howl. There you go. Well, uh, uh, no, I I just need to e- examine him to make sure that he is not chipped. That if he's chipped, then we'll know that he's actually hiding as a howler. It's, as I said, this will just take a moment. And he points with the, the metal object with the, the handle and says, I just need to scan him. Chipped? What kind of
1: tech are these guys rocking?
4: Like tortilla?
1: I mean, like, it could be like a chip. I, are, are they, do they mean fries? I've heard of fries. I don't <laughs> yeah, usually I think... call them chips, though.
4: Though people that sound like them usually do, and they also say Lieutenant when there's not an F and Lieutenant
3: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, spelling is arcade and weird. <laughs> Have you met many GIF before? I didn't think that we'd been to this to this area of the world.
4: No no, uh GIF or JIF?
3: Uh GIF. JIF, got it. Those who call us JIF are usually shot on sight.
4: Oh, that's you you all sound Mm, delightful uh wave your wave your little wand at my dog um i'm not sure what you're looking for but you're also still not going to touch the dog you get that right you get that there will be mm, fatal consequences for that
5: and a potential international incident with kingdom of Reconum. you ever heard of us
3: uh, yes no
2: and Waterdeep, because uh, they're not water in authority
3: It is it is in your best interest that we figure out whether there is a howler masquerading as your dog, because certainly if if he is, then you are in mortal danger. But uh, this will just take a moment.
4: Am I in mortal danger, darling?
3: And your um, faithful mastiff lulls out his tongue and is just kind of <laughs> cocked his head curiously at this giant being who then scans his back with the metal device with a, a handle on the end of it. And you you hear it continue to beep, but the beeping doesn't really change until he gets past Coco Snoot and actually reaches the floor. And then you you all hear the beeping go beep, beep, beep. Beep and then the the GIF, as he's called himself, looks back at his captain, looks back at the floor, and starts to follow the floor. Beep, 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 and he gets to, like the center of the floor and he goes Captain, I, I believe that they might be below us. And that's why we were getting this false positive from the canine.
2: Whoa, whoa, we're we're not below you. We're we're equals or above.
1: Car- <laughs> Jonathan the mad muscular Car- rolls his eyes. It's like he means under the floor Carlton. You know that? Oh. Yes. And
3: I'm sorry, what 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 rank do you hold? <laughs> uh
2: Harold. I am a Harold.
3: And and where does that compare in the in the military hierarchy?
2: Well, it's different on our plane versus your plane. It's actually like second in command. Like yeah, you got you got your your leaders, and then you got your heralds. So... And, like, we're, like, right under that. More
5: to the point, y'all are outside of your own plane of existence, which means you're the foreigners and we outrank you.
2: And also, that means your rank has nothing. To yeah,
5: you. it it's just, like, I could be the Grand Poobah of, of Piscataway. means nothing.
4: He is the Grand Poobah of the kitchen, actually. We named it. It was a ceremony. You missed it. It happened last night. Lots of flowers. And very hard to get this time of year. Several hot house tomatoes were involved, too.
3: Yes, this is all very fascinating, but there there are deadly beasts under us, and our jurisdiction on this plane of existence gives us uh, authority to kill or or attack anything that might get in our way. And at uh, the moment, now that we know that you are not involved with this, these these uh, howlers, then we will we will be on our way. We we and he turns to Gestak, who's been standing there, like wide-eyed, looking at these hippopotamus soldiers, and he I says. Know. Are you in, in 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 charge of this establishment? Yeah, yeah, this this my place. Is there something is there a basement? Is there something underneath? Yeah. We require access to your basement. We think there might be <laughs> very difficult beings down there that need to be killed. the muscular at this point finally
1: stands up and says, "Listen, I am with the Watchful Order of Magus and and uh and such and I probably have, as far as extra planar beings, the most authority here. So as a member of a an organization that watches out for magical and planar threats, we're going to come down there since this is in our backyard and we're going to help you secure these things. So that's happening.
3: The captain gives you a look and says... As long as you don't get in our way, then I will appreciate the help. But just be warned. These creatures are dangerous and you don't seem to be carrying any, any rifles, any muskets, any pistols. I don't know how you're going to defend yourself. Uh, we
1: are we are our own weapons, sir.
2: <laughs> I pull out the halberd and I'm like, with this.
1: Uh, and at this point, Jonathan the Muscular lights his fist on fire with blue
3: flame and says, oh, with this. And they look at each other, and the captain says, well, how archaic, but very well. Le- lead, lead on, small Ar- human."
1: arcanist—it's pronounced "arcanist." <laughs> the gif have already started to walk away.
4: Um, uh, all right, we're go. gonna follow. Yep. Bernie turns around. Let's let's go, fellow. I tell. say,
1: bu- I say, bucks. Uh, stay up here. Let us know if anyone anyone else comes around. Yeah, this could get deadly, buddy. So, uh, just stay put. Watch out, Watch our backs.
3: All right, Bucks is going to hang out and peck at your leftovers as you guys follow the Oh my God, he waddles over to my plate and just starts...
4: (laughs) I think Bernie's going to (laughs) leave. Bernie might leave Cocosnoot. We're just going to the basement, right? You're going to the
3: basement. You do know that it is a wooden ladder to get down. It, you, you've nav- navigated ladders with Cocosnute before. It wouldn't be, you know, the first time. It's never easy, but it's totally up to you whether you want to leave them upstairs or not.
4: I think I think she's going to look at Cocosnute and she's going to say, here, and she's going to put a plate of bacon on the floor and just say, you stay.
2: And then I'm going to let Blue out and I'll be like, go, go hide in the room.
4: And Blue
3: immediately goes and joins Coco Snoot at the plate of bacon.
2: Ooh, ooh, ooh. I throw some more bacon on there so that there's enough for both of them.
3: Bucks is like eating a plate, but he's he, he eats like a bird,
1: so he doesn't eat much. And so he starts pushing the plate off of the table in front of Coco Snoot and Blue and just like, boop, with a one claw. When he finally gets to the edge, boops the plate off and a bunch of food fall in front of uh, Coco don't Snoot not break!
4: Don't break, the, don't break the
3: plates. We... Oh, they're metal plates, right? <laughs> oh, no, you guys get halfway down the stairs and you hear the, the clattering and crashing of a plate hitting the ground <laughs> as, as Bucks very successfully pretends to be a cat and knocks a <laughs> plate of bacon off the table. Gustav is the only one that re- that startles at that, and he doesn't even really bother with, with what the noise was, but as you guys have been going downstairs, it's it's obvious he's bothered by whatever these beings think are in his basement, and at the plate, it makes him jump for a second, and the captain behind him says, steady man, just get us downstairs, we'll take a point from there. And you guys head down into the basement, where, I don't know if any of you have been in the basement before, It's it's a finished basement, which is odd for for any establishment.
4: But is it odd for an underground bard fighting ring?
3: No, they like their, those bards like their amenities. Yeah, they they like to be warm and cozy when they're, and especially in Waterdeep, where it can get super cold underground. Uh, But it is a finished basement. And for the moment, when you get down there, it is mostly just a bunch of uh, barrels and boxes, neatly stacked. It, It looks like the stock has a nice order to it. You see on the west wall, as you Enter the basement. A whole section has basically been destroyed, cut through with a sledgehammer, just stone lying everywhere, and it is pretty dark beyond. There's a couple of torches in the basement, and the ambient light doesn't really reach very far. And you see that the, the room that he was talking about, and that these gif are intent on searching, is circular in nature. You can't see the end of it, but you can see it's, it's this big circular room with what looks like a, a dais in the middle. One of the gif reaches into his jacket and pulls out what looks like a long metal rod. He slams the top of it and throws it into the room. And as he does, it lights up in this white flare of light, almost like a magical torch of some sort, and clatters to the ground in in the room. And the one says, Lieutenant, do do you see any sign of them? And the other who is holding this box that has been beeping as you guys get downstairs and get closer to the entrance way, the beeping goes beep, 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 beep oh so, i I believe we're we're very close if we're we're not invariably very close we should we should be wary,
1: uh yeah, me drummer <sighs> do
3: you
5: guys want something that'll help you be more sneaky and more stealthy
3: so- i don't think that this points that stealth will matter very much. And he points at the the bright torch in the middle of the room.
5: Fair. But if it <laughs> change your mind, let me know. I can do a thing.
3: Good to know. With the torch in the room, you can now see a little bit deeper into the room. The dais is about five feet high, and it's this square... It's, it's almost like a podium. It's only about 10 feet by 10 feet. The, the whole thing is made out of rough wood, and you can very barely see against the the sides and the far wall some of the larger crates and boxes that Gestak was talking about that obviously contain some of the leftovers of this bard fight.
6: Hmm.
5: I'd like to approach the podium.
3: All right, you're going to just walk on in?
5: Uh, I should probably like just check to see if there's any kind of like trap or weird thing or anything there that catches my attention on the way, en route to the podium, aforementioned podium.
3: Well, I'll say that the, the two GIF that are with you are just going to walk through the opening. They're going to give each other a nod. Uh, one has pulled out uh, what you recognize as, as a pistol, a very small, looks like a flintlock pistol. Uh, the captain himself has a large musket, and the two of them like give each other what looks like military hand signals and the one breaks off to the left and the other to the right as they start to look around um as you enter the room go ahead and give me a investigation check if you're looking for traps
5: Ah, uh, boy detective Travancore investigates except that
3: that's so a 14
5: plus 2 so 16 16 yep
3: doesn't look trapped uh you don't see anything obvious you know you'd have to enter the room a little bit more and do some more careful examination but you can very clearly see in the dust on the floor that there there's been movement in here recently probably gestoc wandering around looking at stuff and so you're pretty sure at least in this entrance way up to the dais at least gestoc didn't set anything off so there's got to be something something else something more oblique or there are no traps hmm how about the rest of you? What are you doing? Following behind uh Travancore.
4: Yeah, following behind Travancore. Can I do an investigation check even though I don't have any bonuses to it? Ah, uh, what would you like to investigate? Bernie wants to get the lay of the land. Like she wants to see like see how big the room is. She wants to aside from the dais, like I think she's interested in what else is in this room. She would be looking like it's obviously she wants to know aside from the froofy outfits if it really is a bard fight club. Or was a bard fight club? Is that investigation or perception?
3: Go ahead and give give me a perception check. You don't know too much about bard fight clubs, but you think you could gather some clues by just examining the room.
4: That is an 18.
3: All right. So two things happen. One, you enter the room and, and kind of take a discerning eye, you check out the podium, you check out the, the lay of the land. You think that there might be along the sides, you weren't quite sure if it was boxes or leftover barrels or something, but now that you examine it a little bit closer, now that you kind of scope out the whole room, it, you think that they might have actually been the remains of bleachers. And this podium in the middle of the room would comfortably fit two people. And from what little you remember your bard friend talking about being a bard, she never mentioned an underground bard fight club or anything, but she did talk about people that she knew that helped hone her skills. And a lot of being a bard was a cutting wit and being incredibly quick on your feet. And so a performance venue like this in the round you could you could see it happening here you're not exactly sure why it would have to be an underground bard fight ring why why they couldn't just do it out in the open but that does seem everything's to be, better underground everything is better also this is
1: literally underground it's not like a unknown bard fight club that operates
3: like underground figuratively this is underground actually For all you know, it might be both. But yeah, you are correct. It is literal underground. Uh, The other thing that happens is you watch as the the lieutenant who had broken off to the left walks over to where the torch that he'd thrown into the room, he'd thrown it about 20 feet, which lit up the room. He reaches that point, grabs it and tosses it a few extra feet, revealing the whole left side or the whole south side of this room and uh, behind some boxes not really well hidden but managing to stay in the shadows enough that now that it's been revealed it starts to growl is a very very nasty looking very very large beast that you leaps
4: that was my dog
3: it's it is a four-legged monstrosity it is large it's it is easily 3 4 times the size of of Carlton it is practically it's bigger than shadow uh, it's got a giant sharp muzzle with beady red eyes and a a huge jowled red Almost like what a rooster has um, under its throat. the The feet are massive talons with a tail with a forked end to it. As it is revealed in the light, it and we can all roll initiative.
2: Yeah, that's a, that's a gross thing. Not rolling initiative, the, the howler. Ooh. I like rolling initiative. Initiative is fun.
4: I can't believe you thought that was my dog. Why did you think my dog was that? The Lieutenant is
3: too busy quickly grabbing his pistols as this howler has showed up. Let's get some rolls, Carlton.
2: Uh, for my initiative, I got
3: a 14. And Shadow? Shadow got a twelve. And Travancore? Twenty-two. Ooh, and Bernie? I got a two. (laughs) <laughs> oh, <Okay>. no. <laughs> and Jonathan? Nine. 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 All right. The GIF. See, I'm all old school because I've got this book now that I have to flip through. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, man. Yes. Dexterity is a plus two. All right. They also got a 12. Uh, What's Shadow's Dexterity?
5: Shadow's Dex is plus two.
3: Okay. We're going to say Shadows goes first Uh, because he's... He is what, fire the remote. giant
1: uh, hippopotamus men don't have good good decks? Wait, wow, no,
2: hippopotamus. That's, this, this, that's this, what they are now. This, They're hippopotamus. I
4: this this like hippopotamus. hits hard. As
3: far as the howlers, 16, 16, they Listen, got a 17. Too, okay?
4: <laughs> Bernie is going to request that the bear skips its turn for a second and comes over to her.
3: Okay. Okay. So, Travancore. Uh, you Dexy Beast, you. You go first. You can now see, as this one is completely lit up, uh, since you have dark vision, you don't have a clear shot on it because it is behind some of the other boxes. But you do see the second one that you were warned about is also, it looks like the two of them were either examining or curled up or uh, something in these boxes. The second one that's back behind uh, some of these was rifling around in, in some clothing. And when it lifts its head up at the sound of, of its companion, it's got what looks like a pink tutu wrapped around the side of its head. Uh, but you get to go first.
2: I raise my hand when we see these things and I look at my companions. How did Gestalt not die?
3: It's possible that these things were not here the last time that your companion came down here. (laughs) Just here,
1: but you know, okay. Well, that's fine. That's fine. Let's kill these things. (laughs) All right. So
5: a bunch of things are going to happen now. Uh, Travancore is going to Hunter's Mark, the one that he does see and has a good shot on. The one to
3: the south? Yeah. Yeah.
5: He's also going to use his sharpshooter feet on this shot, but because he gets advantage because he's going first, it shouldn't be too big an issue. Okay. All right, let's take the uh, high roll. Well, 25.
6: Nice. That hits. Sweet. Go ahead and roll
5: damage. All right, first we'll do the regular Issel Gall damage, which is actually the first time I'm using this thing in game as a player, but I'm sure that in canon this will be later on if, if it is canon at all.
3: Uh, it will be canon, and it might not be as late as you think. So, oh, okay. so yeah, first, probably the first time you're using your new, new special, special bow. Well, that's
5: exciting. Let's see if anything terrible happens. Yeah, so we got 10 damage from the, the bow itself, plus 3 from the hunter's mark. So that's going to be All right. 13 piercing total. And then
2: 10 from sharpshooter,
5: right? Oh, I have to add the sharpshooter damage. Add plus 10 damage. All right, so I did 10 to that. So that'll be actually be 23. Good call. That'll be
3: 23. Yeah, your magic arrow slices down the flank of this thing, leaving a trail of of dark crimson blood. It doesn't even flinch. It's just got its eyes locked on you as it...
6: Oh. All right. Um, oh, that's,
4: that's nasty.
5: Travancore is going to use his movement to get behind one of the Gif, whichever one's closer to this guy.
3: <laughs> uh, you're get closer... To the one to the south. Yeah. So you move behind him. Anything else? That's it. All right. Um, The one that you shot at is going to leap forward on top of this dais in the middle of the room, gripping the sides of it, snarling, and then it lets loose with a howl that is deafening. It shakes the room. Uh, most of you are unable to stop yourselves from trying to block out this noise by putting your hands over your ears. Uh, 60-foot cone. Yeah, it's going to get everybody except the captain on the, is that in a, the
1: north side. Is that a spell? Nope. Okay.
3: Not a spell. It is a howl. It is an awful, awful howl. I need Counter everybody... To make a uh, wisdom saving throw, I'm gonna call that guy Ginsburg.
5: Oh,
4: oh wow. A g- I have an oh, no. intense amount of pluses on wisdom saving throws.
5: I would hope Shadow's so actually I a pretty wise
3: bear. As the barbarian.
4: <laughs> All right,
3: and then let's see what the lieutenant gets. Oh, no, he fails miserably. So the lieutenant fails. Jonathan. 21. Uh, that is a success, Jonathan and Carlton. An eight. Oh, that's a failure. Oh yeah. And I figured. Travancore. Sixteen. That is the DC. You you succeed. Travancore. Uh, Shadow.
5: Shadow got a fifteen.
3: He just barely failed. And Bernie. Bernie got a twenty nine. You succeeded, Bernie. All right, split right down the middle. Okay, Carlton, Shadow, and the lieutenant. You guys. As this horrible howl goes out in Carlton, for a moment, you're like, ah, oh, it's a dog, it's a howl, but there's something wrong. There's something evil about this. There is something horrible and chaotic that just scares you. You are considered, you and Shadow and this lieutenant are considered frightened until the end of this howler's next turn. Uh, while a creature is frightened, its weight speed is halved, and it is incapacitated, which means you cannot take actions or reactions. Uh, that was its mind-breaking howl. So it it snarls at you. And then its packmate, sensing that it has done the job that it w- needed to do, runs up on your flank. Uh, and Carlton, you ah! are about to get bit.
2: Ah! Nope, 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 nope. Is what's going through my mind, because I'm incapacitated.
3: Yeah. Uh, first bite is a 20, not natural.
2: Uh, that's gonna hit.
3: All right. You are gonna take 10 piercing damage.
2: And I haven't had a chance to rage yet, so I'm gonna take the brunt of it.
3: And you're gonna take 22 psychic damage. Oh,
2: that hurts. Yeah. I just took 32 total.
3: Yeah.
1: Barbarian's
2: best friend.
1: (laughs) Best
3: friend. (laughs) He's gonna try to bite you again. But in this case, he only rolls a two, so he is well, going so to Well, so you miss. have this
2: first chunk, and he's like, oh, man, this barbarian... This, this guy tastes like mayonnaise. I do not like...
3: Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you still got that that mayonnaise marinade going. That no, lingering <laughs> yeah, mayonnaise. Not
2: he prefers the
1: tangy zip of Miracle Whip.
3: Oh, and the worst thing about either mayonnaise or Miracle Whip is when it's gone off, and certainly whatever he's bitten <laughs> off of you, that's, yeah, that mayonnaise has gone, gone bad. All right. Uh, that ends their turn. Carlton, it's your turn. You are currently Frightened. And incapacitated, which means all you can do is move and your speed is halved.
2: Um, so I don't get actions or reactions.
3: You do not for this turn, no. I get, do I get bonus actions? Uh, that is an action.
2: A bonus action's an action.
3: A bonus action is an action? A bonus action is an action. Fair enough, A
4: bonus action is't at what, what? well
2: because actions are their own thing, and bonus actions are usually their own thing. I don't know if it's just because it had the word action in it also, so it means I can't rage
3: you, okay you can I can't be you angry. can move at this very moment if you would like to you don't have no, to I'm too, but- I'm, too, I'm,
2: too, I'm too busy pissing my pants i'm fur I'm scared of this thing Uh. Uh-uh. I'm gonna be I'm gonna pretend it has like t rex vision where if I don't move it can't see me
3: <laughs> all right, so you just you
2: <sighs> yep, I just tense up go.
3: It's still slathering its jaws at you. All right, and you're gonna stay still. Shadow is also frightened and incapacitated, and all he can do is move.
5: Is it still worth it to delay Shadow's turn until after Bernie's?
4: <laughs> no. Okay. No.
5: Got it. In that case, if all Shadow can do is move, he's at least gonna move around to, uh, scared as he is, to the other side so that he's in- he and Carlton are flanking this fellow. So. All
3: right. So speed is halved at this moment. What is what it, does that make his speed?
5: Shadow's speed is. 40. So he should have enough to get over around, just around. So 20? 5,
3: 10, 15. Yeah, he can't get into true flanking because he's got to get around this gif who is in the way and is not technically an ally. But yeah, he can at least get to the other side. Um, You can see that he really doesn't want to do this, but he does because he loves you.
5: Oh, uh, and Travancore, uh, I don't want to use a reaction, but nods appreciatively. Um, And, you know, nothing else. By the time Carlton goes again, like they, he can come up with some sort of flanking conga and
3: move enough that they aren't flanking, so... So that'll be it for Shadow. You can certainly try. All right. It is the gift's turn. The lieutenant is frightened, and so all he can do is move. And since he has a ranged weapon, he is going to actually move a little bit further away. But that's all he can do. The captain seems to be made of sterner stuff, and uh, but he knows that his musket is not going to be very effective at close range. He sheathes the musket and pulls out what looks to be more of a ceremonial longsword. And it it has, like, a gold gilding to the handle. And it's a very nice blade. But it looks like the blade isn't used very often. Definitely the muskets look like they're much more used. Uh, And he's going to try to hit this thing. uh, But he is not. He is definitely not. And then... He's going to sheath that sword again, and he's going to reach back into a pouch, and he's going to say, Lieutenant, prepare the heavy artillery. And they're going to be done. Uh, Jonathan, it's your turn.
1: All right. Jonathan the Man Muscular is going to move over by the captain. So right next to him. Next to this howler? Or no, by the lieutenant. No, no, by the lieutenant. Sorry, by the lieutenant. All right,
3: that different. Okay, so you move south kind of away from both these these giant howlers.
1: So he's like, he comes over, and he says, hey, buddy, fuck up. He slaps him on the shoulder. His eyes, uh, Jonathan the Med-Muscular's eyes glow in blue fire. And he does a punching motion as a little blue bead flies out and we'll say detonates uh, right here in between the two howlers. And uh, a level five fireball goes off and it, will, it can sculpt around the, uh, the captain and shadow it should stop short of uh of carlton
3: all right so their dexterity saving throws so the one that attacked carlton is going to fail the one that is on- oh god they both rolled like crap all right they're both going to take the brunt of the damage
1: all right
3: 38
1: points of damage
3: okay this giant blue fireball goes off in the middle of the room. The GIF shield their eyes. the The captain looks pissed. He looks upset. You're not exactly sure why, because obviously his his people aren't being hurt by this. And when it subsides, you you do see that these both these creatures are singed, but with the power of that fireball, especially at fifth level, they should be a lot more hurt than that.
1: Uh, so they have resistance. The reason why my flames are blue is because as an elemental adept, my fires overcome resistance.
3: All right, then they take full damage. All right, they look a little more singed, and now they look upset. And now both of them are looking at you. But they do look more damaged. Hi! All right, but they are still standing and snarling and slathering. Is there anything else you'd like to do? Uh, nope, that's it. All right, Bernie, it's your turn.
4: (sighs) I had so many options. I think I'm going to cast Bless on all of us. Okay.
3: That'll help with those saving throws. (laughs)
4: That's going to help with, yeah. That's that's what I'm going to do. No, I'm going to do a different thing for Shadow in a hot minute. So we're going to cast it as a second level spell. Everybody's going to get that Bless on. Oh, shot a
1: fireball for Victorian. Sorry, sorry, sorry. All the fireballs.
4: And then as a bonus action, we're going to bring out the spiritual weapon.
3: All right. What's your spiritual weapon look like today? And for for those who are listening for the first time, Bernie's spiritual weapon tends to form to something that is pertinent to the fight. Not always, but sometimes.
4: I think it's going to look like a cattle prod. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, Where would you like to put it? Well, hold on. You know what? I have several, several fourth level. It's a fourth level fucking spell. I'm going to be able to do quite a bit of damage. And if you recall, it is some radiant damage. Where would you like to put it? If I stick it, where can I stick it where it's in flanking? Can I stick it next to Carlton?
3: Um, Yeah, but basically they're next to Carlton or next to Shadow, and then this thing will be mostly surrounded. What? Oh, my God. Wow.
4: Oh, I'm so sorry. That, that uh, is
2: shitty.
3: Uh.
4: That's my roll. That's my attack roll.
2: Yeah, she, that's her advantage attack roll. Double ones.
4: Those
3: are double ones. Bernie, you summon a cattle prod, and it's awesome. And you kind of give the gif this side eye, like, hey, watch this. And then your cattle prod whiffs. What happened?
4: Well, bernie, Bernie's bernie been mustering up a death ward on this bear. And so she's not entirely sure she made the right decision casting Bless. Because she knows she needs to make sure that bear doesn't fucking die today. So she's like, ah, oh, should I have a cast- Oh, no, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. The bear will live. The bear will live. I just need, I just need, I do this. And then, and then the bear, and then the bear, and then I'll touch, I'll get the death word on the bear, but I have to ask this first. And she's just not, she's just trying to, she's trying to work out how to keep everyone alive, basically. Yeah. And
3: as you were doing those mental math gymnastics, trying to keep everyone alive, it's a little hard to attack something. And so, yeah, your cattle prod goes wide, but it is summoned and it is there.
4: She had trouble adding five and four is really what's going on.
3: (laughs) Well, we are back at the top of the round. Travancore, it's your turn. What would you like to do? I get to do
5: something I've never done before. I'm going to cast Conjure Animals.
4: (laughs) What are you going to do to those poor woodland beings? They don't deserve what we're giving them.
5: Well, they're actually not animals. They're face spirits who take the form of animals and function as animals. But, you know, they have a certain amount of life. They have their own initiative thing. They take their own orders, so to speak, depending on how many I summon. And uh, once they're down to zero, they just disappear.
4: Can I request you summon all of them?
5: Um. Well, the way it works is I can either summon one really powerful or four kind of wimpy ones or two-, two that are in the middle or three that are less than the middle. That's kind of how it works. So I have one lined up. I'm actually, you know what? I think I'm actually going to summon two lions. Two lions. Yeah, I think lions have a chance. Oh, of one each.
1: J- Jack, Jack, two lions. Are
5: you telling the truth? Yeah, that's what exactly what it says on the conjure. So it has. <clears throat> okay, class so you're not
1: li- you're not lion? You're the worst. You know that? He is you're, absolutely I, the worst. Coming from you, that means
3: nothing. I, I introduce <laughs> you to puns, and then you use the power for evil and not good. Hundred percent the worst. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill Jonathan next. <laughs> Yay! So All right, these black spheres are going to represent the lions because guess what? I don't know, just happen to have lions with me. Sure. Um, what? What's the range you can summon these? Wh- how far away can you summon them, and where would you like to put them? The range? Here... Uh, the range is sixty feet. Yeah. So they're you're good. That's why. I mean. So
5: these guys are going right in front of these two, these two jerks. All right.
3: It is concentration. You will lose your hunter's mark.
5: That's fine. Let the animals have their fun.
3: All right, Hunter's Mark goes away. I believe a oh, roll initiative for your summon creature as a group, which is its own. Oh, God, I don't want to have to deal with that. They're gonna go on your turn. Okay, <laughs> you summon them. It just makes life a lot easier. Uh, do you want them on the one that is currently surrounded or the one that's on top of the 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 dais? The, the you know stage?
5: what? Let's put two like on the dais on the uh, rock me on the dais, uh, just because like there's, there's no one blocking him and talking about me and Jonathan.
3: So that the stage is about five feet tall and it is only a ten by ten stage. This huge howler is taking up the entirety of the stage. Now you can uh. put lions next to the stage, but they'll they'll be next to him, but they'll be like five feet down. They won't next to, they won't be on the stage with this thing. Would they have to like jump to attack
5: kind of thing? Would they be able to move and
3: like uh, five feet are not gonna be enough to hinder the lions, but you think that like many things, high ground has its advantages.
5: Alright. If that's the case, then let's put one lion next to the one on the dais and the other one in flanking with Carlton next to Shadow who gets a new lion buddy.
3: (laughs) Alright, you um, conjure up these two fae lions out of nothing. Everyone kind of stops to look at these lions that have just appeared. Especially Shadow who now has lion buddy, because why not?
4: Travancore, did you learn how to cast Spirit, sp- spiritual wep- weapon?
5: It's conjure. It's conjure animals. Guys, meet Aslan and Dandelion. The la- the latter, <laughs> both <laughs> named after my fi- some of my favorite books.
4: I had that book as a kid too. Oh, D- Dandelion. Dandelion. Dandelion is yes.
6: Yeah. That's amazing. That's I love the best that ever. And he gets
4: the haircut and like the and he becomes so fancy. His friend doesn't recognize him, and it's about. Accepting yourself for who you are. It's a very good book.
1: Yeah. Dang, these two sound adorable. I hope they don't die horribly.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's
3: see. Uh, Jack, do you you have the stats for your lions? I do. Okay, that's good. So we'll say they're going to go on your turn. Since you've summoned them, they will go at the end of your turn. So they can go now. What would you like them to do? What order are you going to give unto your lions?
5: All right. So Aslan, who's the one next to the guy on the dais, is going to use a claw since so it's just a basic uh plus five to hit and then just all right 22
3: nice, nice. that hits
5: go ahead and roll damage uh keen gear as Goslin would say I think that's what's a goslin said in Darkwing duck let us see hit it's gonna do eight damage
3: all right and I'm looking over the spell really quickly and while these these creatures are considered fey otherwise it's just the stats of the creature right yeah
5: yeah they're, okay they're, they're actually fey creatures but while they're in these animal forms they're functionally these animals
3: okay so your lion companion, uh, reaches out with a claw and scrapes it along the side of this howler and doesn't quite do as much damage as you, as you think, but it does do oh. a little bit.
4: What kind of damage was it doing?
5: Uh, piercing.
3: Uh, you are pretty sure because you've encountered stuff like this before. These are not considered magical creatures. The lions. Okay. So you have a feeling their non-magical attacks might have a little bit of a problem, but it's still doing some damage. And then your other lion is going to go ahead and attack.
5: Exact same thing. Oh, and he has advantage too, so let's crit fish. Patent- oh, it's going to be a 21. That does hit.
6: All right, Low lion Brad. damage.
5: I just need to use these guys in a flanking conga line. <laughs> like, uh, bup, bup, bup. see if I have to bup, add bup. any of my. I don't think I add any of my bonuses to these guys because they're not my nope. familiars. Nope. nope, didn't think so. Well, it's going to only going to be four.
3: He takes two, but he does take it. Anything else, Travancore?
5: uh Travancore is going once again going to move behind the uh left tenant behind into the left of Jonathan so, yeah right there right. a little another meat shield for these gifts they're really good for something
3: he um he watches as you move behind him a little freaked out by the fact that you've just summoned lions out of nowhere but doesn't seem to mind not so archaic now are we he's looking at them as they their claws scrape very uh, weakly, although they're doing damage very weakly against the, the hides of these creatures from a completely different plane of existence, and is readying his musket as the howlers get to go. Now, those of you who are considered frightened are considered frightened until the end of the howler's next turn. And so Uh-oh. the one that howled is going to rush up to Carlton. Oh. He sees the glazed over fear in his eye. Uh, now... Attack of
2: opportunity from the lion?
3: Sure. So yeah, that lion does get an attack of opportunity. Alright, another uh bite, let's see. Eleven. Eleven AC versus AC? Yeah. Uh no. The this okay. time the howler moves way too fast for this lion who is trying to reach up at it and just whiffs. It runs forward and is going to snap at Carlton. The first bite is going to be a 21 versus AC.
2: Yes.
3: Alright. You are going to take 10 piercing damage. Because you are still frightened, you are taking 22 psychic damage.
2: Alright, so another 32.
3: And I technically didn't roll with advantage. So let's see. It's not a crit. All right. And then uh, one more bite coming your way. Ooh. Yeah. I just rolled a 19. So yep, that's, that's going to hit that's regardless. 25. That and that, is so the same amount? Same amount because I'm using the average damage to make life you down. I am down. 10 piercing damage, 22 psychic damage, and Carlton, in a flurry of, of nastiness, is unconscious on the ground as this one finishes rending carlton and slatheringly looks towards bernie the other one goes oh not again i need i need bernie jonathan travancore and the lieutenant to make wisdom saving throws okay
4: remember everybody has bless oh blessed.
1: hold on oh yes i have bless uh so uh I don't think That's I'm going to make. a D4. Make... Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to make it with the nope. So I'm going to my favorite cloak goes off and I reroll that saving throw.
4: Okay. So, Bernie? Uh do you want me to roll the bless if I passed? Let's roll the bless. Let's see how well Bernie passed. Bernie got a 28 plus 3 There's a 31.
3: <laughs> yep Bernie, you are so focused on Carlton going unconscious because it's not something that happens very often you just shrug off this howl um Jonathan nineteen yeah you you manage to push through it sh- it makes you quake a little bit, but you you are not frightened uh travancore
5: thirteen
3: uh with a thirteen, you are frightened, so until the end of the howler's next turn, all you can do is move at your half speed okay. As for the lieutenant, he rolls a one. Oh, funny. (laughs) Travancore, you, you and this gif lock eyes and the fear. The fear is real. Carlton, I need you to make a death saving throw.
2: Not something I've done in a while. No. So I rolled a three, which is a fail. But as my body hits the ground.
1: Wait, you're a half orc.
2: Oh, yeah, relentless endurance. Haha, I have one hit point.
3: You might want to remember what? that the next time you go down and not have Jonathan yell that out.
4: I like the idea that that Carlton goes down and Jonathan's like, you're a half-orc, suck it up. <laughs> and- <laughs> what are you doing?
2: So
1: yeah. yeah, so
4: I go
2: down. Uh, I go prone after that, like I feign death when they, after it comes up to me. Uh, and then Jonathan's like, dude, bro, wake the fuck up. I'm like, oh, right, ah.
3: And you come back with one hit point. I, and
2: yeah. I am super
3: angry. Jonathan so saves your life with words. <laughs> <Yes>.
2: <laughs> uh, so I start raging and I get surrounded by my ancestral guardian. So there's my a half orc druid, a half orc soldier, and a dire wolf surrounding me. Okay. I'm going to start swinging. Uh, and since I, uh, with my halberd at the topmost one, the one that I'm flanking with shadow. Okay. Uh, does a 24 hit? It does. All right. Uh, and do I need to separate the damage?
3: ba 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 da, ba da No. All
2: right, so as dark whiffs of smoke start coming off my halberd... All right, so I'm going to be doing 15 points of slashing and necrotic... Okay. ...for the first swing. The second swing... We're coming back at him again. Uh, 23.
3: That hits. You get the sense that their hides are thick, but they're also really, really big. They're large yes. targets.
2: 18 points of slashing and necrotic this time around.
3: All right. This thing is starting to look pretty hurt...
2: i'm just gonna fight i'm gonna dig deep into that well and i'm going to action surge surge of action yes fighters rule two more swings coming out a 24 will hit 24 will hit 5 10 12 points of slashing a necrotic all right i keep getting so close to that crit and then
3: one last time uh 15 does that hit 15 sadly does not hit. It's this flurry of amazing blows after coming off off the ground, almost dying. And this last one, the howler just manages to dodge out of the way. Finally kind of seeing your pattern of strikes. So no, sadly it does not.
2: Uh, then I stand there looking pretty.
3: All right. Bloodied, but pretty. Uh, it's Shadow's turn. Shadow is no longer frightened.
5: All right. Shadow is going to uh, attack
3: this fellow with ooh, a, a claw.
5: And 21. 21 hits. Red. Roll damage. That's going to do 11, but he's not blessed. So that's fine.
3: Okay. And sadly, Shatter does not do magical damage. So while he does dig a claw into the side of this thing, it doesn't do quite as much damage as you'd hoped.
5: Okay. All right. Shadow's going to stay put. He's done.
3: Sure. Of the gif, the lieutenant is still frightened and is going to stand there fumbling with his weapon, trying to muster the courage to fight again. The captain... Is going to totally ridiculous <laughs> and is going to back away from this thing, even though he will incur the attack of opportunity
2: uh, at disadvantage because of my spirit, uh, my spirit guardians.
3: OK, I think he will actually miss the captain to do that. Or
2: not spirit guardians, ancestral protectors. Sorry, different class.
3: Yeah, he will just barely. So this thing snaps out at the GIF, but just barely misses. And the GIF pulls out a musket, takes aim. Actually, does he want to do the musket or do he want to do the pistol? Actually, no. He's He is going to take out both of his pistols. He's going to dual-wield pistols, flintlock pistols, and uh, that first one will hit. Ooh, and that second one will hit. Alright, bang, bang. This loud reverberating shot goes off in this relatively small room as essentially a small explosion happens. He's gonna do 16 damage to this thing.
4: Which one? The top of uh, the, the same
3: one? one that he moved away from. So the okay. one that everybody's kind of been wailing on. And this thing looks it staggers as these two balls pierce its side one of them actually goes through its upper leg and it stumbles a little bit but it does manage to stay there Bernie it's your turn
4: Bernie is (laughs) is going to look at the captain and say it lacks lacks finesse don't you think and then she's going to reach out and grab the uh, howler that is in front of her and she is going to cast
3: inflict wounds What? what is your attack then?
4: 17 plus a d4
3: <laughs> yes 17 plus a d4 does hit
4: 19 it's a 19 and she's casting it sorry I'm going to say casting it as 3rd level that's, that's the point of doing this as a high level she's casting it as 3rd level she's mad because you attacked my half work I didn't attack your half work the howlers did the howler attacked your half work 1d so it's gonna be 5d10 necrotic damage
3: all right and this is is this on the super injured one to the north or is this the one that this you're is next to on the to?
4: one to the south
3: okay the one that you're right next to okay
4: yeah that's 31 points of damage
6: damn Oof.
3: girl birdie nice. is angry <laughs> I can tell.
2: Feel that barbarian rage through your gnomish little body. <laughs>
4: this howler
3: can now tell that you are that you are super angry. And it yells. It almost yelps. You think it's going to howl again, but no. It just... As you uh, necrotic force just seeps through this thing. It's still standing, but it, it looks super hurt.
4: Carlton, do you want to get some points of healing, or do you want me to just kill this thing? Ow! Okay.
2: Because I need to be able to take a couple more hits, yeah, or yeah, else yeah. you're going to get him
4: uh she is going to healing world carlton as her bonus action i'm using healing <laughs> bonus action finally <laughs> uh, at fourth level it's gonna be 4d4 plus spellcasting ability modifier which is wisdom this is plus the point like that Claire i tell
3: um our listeners who are just like wait a second she can't do that i i do flanking rules and i let people if they've got spells i let them cast them i feel like they should be able to blow their whole wad as fast as possible so that you know fights can be fun so yes for those of you who are saying that technically bernie cannot be doing what she's about to do I allow it.
4: you get 12 points back plus 5 which is 17 you have 17 points so 18 points of health excuse me Just better than one. But what she doesn't allow me to do is then use my spiritual weapon. right? Well, no, because your spiritual weapon requires a bonus Bonus action. Bonus action.
3: Yeah.
2: So basically, I just hear Bernie saying, what
4: the fuck are you
2: doing? And I'm like, oh, God, don't disappoint the gnome.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So basically, you've got your your wizard who's telling you don't die. You got your gnome who's telling you stop dying. No, Bernie looks at you
4: and she says, she touches you and she says, get your shit together.
1: Jonathan, it's your turn. All right. Fireball. Boom. Right in the middle. And I sculpt around everyone. It's going to be a fourth level. So I yeah, I can sculpt around <laughs> everyone. And it, it comes up short of Bernie.
3: Thank you. Uh, they both fail because apparently these guys only roll well when I'm attacking, not when I'm saving. <laughs> Ooh,
1: wow. Not good. Uh, that's going to be 28. Thanks to Elemental Adept.
3: All right. Well, it may not be good for you, but it's good enough to kill this one. The one that's to the north that had actually taken Carlton out goes down with a gurgle in flames as this blue explosion goes off. The other one um, looks incredibly injured, but is still feet planted on the ground. Uh, It's now staring daggers at Bernie, but it is still alive. Come at
6: me,
1: bro. And... Jonathan the Muscular is going to... Uh, he's going to give that thing something else to chew on. So he's going to move right up in planking with Bernie. Actually, right. planking
3: with Carlton, with, with Carlton.
4: I only <laughs> have so many healing spells. It's fine. <laughs> we'll be okay. It's
1: fine.
3: <laughs> all right, Travancore, it's your turn. What would you like to do? I'm still frightened or is that done? No, all the frightening is done. All right, you cool. guys saved out of it. All, all right.
4: the scary parts are over. You can uncover your eyes.
3: Well, okay, I still have my
5: animals, and I can still shoot it with arrows. Do both, actually. So, And I'm still blessed, so count your blessings. I have one. You've got a
3: lot going on for you, so. <laughs>
5: yeah.
4: All so right, don't so, fuck it up.
5: All right, first thing, uh, we're going to attack it with standard attack with uh, Isil Gaul. I think Isil Gaul actually Isil sounds
4: Gaul. better. Yes. Throw it into the fire. <laughs>
5: <laughs> You're going to do that every time I shoot. Yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, actually. All right, so regular attack. 31 wow <laughs> damn oh and it's a and it's a 19 so t- yes so gal a 19 or a 20 will crit so i double the damage
3: that is exactly or right double the Go dice ahead. rather double the dice all
5: right so i can be two Wait, you crit on a 19 also Di- yeah oh yeah his gal is pretty rad all right so
2: nice yeah. that's what i do
5: yeah so that's gonna do 11 damage
3: Okay, you sink an arrow into like the f- one of the folds of its neck, and it staggers, and it looks like a stiff breeze could blow this thing over. Well, it's a good thing I have two lions.
5: <laughs> all right, so I'm going to move Aslan over into flanking. Well, all this thing is like, super flanked already with uh, the being.
3: Yeah, there's all the flanking going on.
5: All the flanking. It doesn't really matter where I put him. All right, so both lions are... The first lion's going to attack. It's going to be... Uh, we'll just do two bites. I think it's the easiest, cleanest thing to do. 23 for the first one. That hits. All right, so let's roll the damage. Go ahead and
3: roll damage. All right. Let's- roll better than a two.
5: Okay, got it. Got it. No pressure. 11.
3: There you go. Despite the fact that half of this damage goes away because it's not a magical attack, that is enough to take off the last hit point that this thing had. So, Travancore, describe in gory detail the death of this creature by your lion. Alright. Aslan,
5: being an allegorical figure as he is, needs, <laughs> feels the path has the pathological need to save any and all around him, especially those who seem helpless in the most in danger. And particularly those moments where Travancore was frightened, like this is his first time ever seeing this being his conscience I'm like, oh poor thing. Aslan will take care of it. And Danny Lion is happy to uh to uh to sit back, but kinda sad that there aren't three other lions to form an even big mightier creature. So
3: Aslan Did you just compare Aslan to Voltron? <laughs>
4: <laughs> yep and dandelion yep. yep yep so, ah, you yeah, yep. would think that aslan
5: in the superhuman moment almost unhinges his jaw so mighty this bite is opens clenches in and just takes a bite in like it's Travancore biting into a sadness fajita and that just it doesn't look like this creature is much bigger than a lion that's just enough to uh to cause it to fall down and it falls like, flat on all fours, out like that, and his jaw falls to the floor like a cat who's sleeping, or a dog that's sort of out on the lo- out on the porch, like, soaking in the sunbeam, like a melted dog or cat. You've all seen it before.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and that big jowl, the red jowl, that seemed to help amplify those horrible howls of his, kind of deflates onto the ground as the, the red eyes of this beast go dim. And there's a, a brief moment of silence as... And then finally you hear, uh, the captain who was readying his, his musket for another, another shot and says, oh, finally.
6: All
3: right, Lieutenant, let's get the bodies. We need to get them back to the ship in order to make sure that we collect the bounty.
4: Oh, um, funny you should mention bounty. Uh...
3: And at this point the lieutenant is moving up and he's like patting his sides like he's looking for something in a pocket.
4: Well, you didn't really kill them. We did.
1: Yeah, you guys probably would have been kind of boned without us.
5: Yeah, frightened, one might say.
3: Really? Look yeah. like you are as frightened as anybody. These these creatures from Pandemonium have a have a fearsome howl and it's nothing to be ashamed of they are right, they, but are I very think they to very
2: compensated for all of this. And I just gestured at like the fact that like I'm holding my guts in with, like, sticky tape. No, you're not. Bernie's
4: licked a finger, and she's healing you. She's channeling divine energy and healing you for 35 (sighs) points. what was
5: the bounty for these guys?
3: 37 quattalus. Hmm. Hmm. But it's being paid on delivery of, of these creatures to our our corps, and you are not a part of of this establishment or under my command and i'm very clear when i had told you that you were uh unrequired and you had decided to come along anyway and while we are grateful for your assistance this is certainly none of your concern And at this point, the lieutenant has kind of uh, found whatever he's looking for in his pocket, and he's pulled out this little metal disc and placed the metal disc on the hindquarters of one of these creatures and is moving towards the other.
4: Lieutenant, let's put the metal disc down for a quick minute while we settle whether or not you would still be alive at the end of today were we not here. And I think we both know. The answer is, (laughs) you wouldn't. Um.
3: The captain pulls out um, his pistol that that he had finished getting ready for, and he had said... (sighs) Listen, this is not the time to be arguing about each other's uh, relative merits. As as I see it, it was it was nice to fight alongside of you, but you certainly had your own problems. And if we are going to talk about how effective anyone was, uh, none of my men went unconscious. <laughs> and it, the lieutenant has Neither did I. ignored you and has continued to pull out a little metal disc and put it on the hindquarters of the second In one. In that case...
2: On the first one, uh, as he's going to put a uh, metal cord on the second one, I'm going to slice off the first disc.
3: Roll an attack roll. You still are blessed, maybe? Uh, Yeah, that last for a minute. I'll say this hasn't been a, a full minute yet. For this one, I will let you be blessed.
2: Uh, Seventeen.
3: Uh, yeah, you slice off the hindquarters, this metal disc and part of its flank, uh, a little bit of its skin, go flying and clink to the ground. At this, they draw their weapons and point them both at you, Carlton, and the captain- We're not
2: done talking.
3: And the captain is pointing his gun at you and says, I think at this point that we are. Lieutenant, Get get the transponder back. We will be leaving. Unless- Unless you also have bounties on your head that we can collect. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no, but you said, how many? How much were these each worth?
4: Quarterly. Quarterly.
2: How many of these have you killed before? Me, personally? Yes. Yeah, how many have you guys transponded back?
3: At this moment, these two, in the past, I've done at least a dozen. This is the main... So you've
2: gotten compensated for those other dozen.
3: He looks back at the lieutenant, and he continues to have his gun. Trained on you, and he says, "Lieutenant, get the transponder." L- Lieutenant is like been holding his gun at you and at Bernie and at you and doesn't seem to know. And then nods to his commanding officer and walks over to go pick up where the the thing that you sliced off was.
2: What I'm saying is, is we helped in the bounty of this, therefore we're entitled to our fair share. Now, obviously, it has to be transported back to your base to get paid for, but you've gotten paid for other ones. You can just give us our fair cut out of these ones out of what you've already gotten paid for the other ones. I just take the full amount of this one. Ergo, we get compensated. You get compensated. Everybody uh, goes home happy. See,
3: so so you're not dumb. You volunteered for this job. We owe you nothing. In fact, you should all be happy that we came when we did and found these things because these well, are dangerous creatures. Are okay, bye-bye. So. And
1: uh, Jonathan, the manager must cast banishment on the captain.
3: Alright, oh what's the roll on that?
1: <laughs> uh, charisma save of 17.
3: Alright. Wait, I also God have- That it. would be a 19.
5: Wait! There, no, oh, it's curious, don't apply to bless. Ah, we're, we're screwed. Great, thanks. I was ready to just head upstairs and be like, alright, no big
3: deal. I'm ready
5: to move. keep moving.
3: Yeah, the captain had a readied action. He's going to fire on Carlton as you guys attack him.
4: You do recall
3: I that I'm Carlton got-
4: You also got 35 points of health back because I channeled divinity. It gave you-
3: Ooh. Well, shh. Well, it's a good thing she did because I just rolled a natural 20 on my first roll. So that is going to be seven, eight, nine, And you are no longer raging at this point. Uh, so it's going to be 11 piercing damage on the first pistol shot. And uh, does a 16 hit?
2: Uh, 16 misses.
3: 16 misses. Okay. Second pistol shot goes wide. I guess we'll go back into initiative. The <laughs> only thing the lieutenant is going to do is he's he's gone over to go get this thing, this metal disc. And he sees this happen and you see him drop the metal disc and reach into his pocket and go, what languages do we speak? Okay, he he pulls out something that Bernie. It actually looks like the thing that he used to scan Coco Newton. And he says, the, "The Mayday, Mayday, Mayday! We we need immediate transport right now." And I'll say we're back at the top of the round, Travancore. <laughs>
4: what are you doing? I've got a solution, guys. I've got a peaceful solution to this.
5: Um, if Bernie has a peaceful solution, Travancore is going to delay his turn until after Bernie's.
3: Okay. Uh, Travancore holds and waits. Carlton, you just got shot at.
2: Yeah, I'm sorry, Bernie, but I I, I got shot. And now I'm pissed.
4: Uh, I'm raging. Okay. And I'm reckless. This international incident, Carlton, we don't want one. We don't want an interdimensional. dimensional
2: Oh, dear. Uh, Oh, that's not good. (laughs) Got it. All right, so the first one misses. What'd you roll? 11.
3: In mustering back up your rage and being really hurt, you just swing a little wide.
2: All right, uh, but the second attack? Sure. A uh 17 to hit?
3: That does hit. Go ahead and roll damage.
2: Uh and do I have to separate it?
3: Uh no, you do not.
2: 16 points of slashing and necrotic.
3: All right. Yeah, he takes it. Uh you slice into his pristine military uniform that is now stained purple with his blood and he um, Do it,
2: like any of his like like badges or anything like that fall off like
3: no it's more of a slash than an actual <laughs> okay. cut um you're, but you we can, haven't you even can... won yet
2: you're thinking about loot i'm not thinking about like pinning it to my skin and, as a show of like defeating an interplanetary bounty hunter who that's shot literally
3: me. loot <laughs> well next time if you get a chance to attack him again you can certainly aim for one of his uh many many medals but for the moment it's shadow's turn
5: All right, Shadow's going to move into flanking with the other um, uh, one that's in with Carlton, but he's actually not going to attack specifically on Travencore's instructions. Um, He is going to take the dodge action so that if this guy tries to attack him, it'll
2: be a disadvantage. Uh, He's already at disadvantage from the ancestral protectors.
5: Okay, yeah, but he's still not going to attack, so Shadow's going to dodge just to protect himself then.
3: All right. It is the two gifts' turn. The one who is next to Carlton, he sees that he's the captain. He sees that he's being flanked. He is going to look over at the lieutenant and nod. The lieutenant, yet yeah, the lieutenant is gonna move back behind. <laughs> he's gonna take up a position behind a chest high wall, and uh,
2: so he was there. So he was within my reach. I'm gonna take an OA. Okay, sure. Actually, no, he didn't shoot me. So, no. I may be angry, but he also didn't shoot me.
3: All right. He takes up a position behind the chest-high wall, uh, reaches into his pocket, pulls out a device, and tosses it. It lands basically right on the body of this howler right in between Jonathan, Bernie and Carlton, and explodes. And I need the three of you is that to make dexterity like, saving throws. That's
1: a, like a mundane mechanical device, not like a spell storing thing.
3: You would have to get a closer examination, but if you're asking if it's something that you can counterspell, the answer is no. Okay. Carlton! De- dexterity with saving throw. My,
2: with my danger sense, uh, I roll a
3: uh sixteen. Okay, that passes. Uh Bernie. Twelve. That fails. Jonathan. Fifteen. Uh that passes. So those of you who passed are going- Is
2: bless still up or no? No.
3: No, at this point oh, okay. I think. Never mind think then. It... I failed. Yeah. That was with the bless. Okay. Right. No, sadly I'm gonna say at this point. Because you talked for a little bit and uh basically when Carlton did his slicing, that was the last of the bless. All right. Those of you who failed as this thing explodes you take 17 piercing damage. Uh if you succeeded you take half. So 8. You take 8 piercing and then damage. I was
2: raging so four.
3: Yeah, this thing explodes in this bright flash of light and shrapnel and just pierces you with tiny little bits um, of metal. My
2: ancestral protectors are going to uh the druid is going to start weaving uh her hands and she's gonna throw up a spectral wooden shield my spirit shield to protect Bernie and Bernie uh you're going to reduce that damage by nine okay nice it's a thing I could do now no. I never get a chance to
3: all right thank you the captain is Carlton he's moving away from you away all right give it a try
2: uh twenty three to hit that it's Five, ten, fifteen points of damage.
3: All right. He looks pretty hurt. You were able to slice kind of down his back as he backs away. He's going to stay next. But I wasn't
2: able to get the front of the shirt. No, because he, he was turning around. Damn
3: it. He kind of took the brunt of that attack. If he had a sash,
1: on. you might have cut off the sash.
3: <laughs> sure, he has a sash. We'll say <laughs> you, we, you, you don't get the sash, it falls to the ground, but you are able to take it off. He pulls out his two pistols. And he's gonna fail at one with a natural one. Uh, so yeah, he's he's a little spooked by this bear and the fact this bear just came up to him and has been eyeing him the whole time. And so even though he's shooting at you, Carlton, and and misses completely, it's it's like he's eyeing this bear. He doesn't know what to do with this bear. And he looks back at the lieutenant and he says, you know, are the reinforcements on the way? And Jonathan, it's your turn.
1: Uh alright. Let's We're gonna try the lieutenant this time, and I'm gonna be like well, up, uh, say bye bye, and I try and banish him.
3: All right, it was a Wisdom saving throw. Ah, uh, Charisma. Charisma, sorry, that will fail.
1: All right, here is how banishment works. So basically, uh, he if he is from this plane, he gets transported to a harmless demi plane uh, for a minute where he is incapacitated and uh, remains there until the spell ends, which is a minute. If he is native to a different plane than the one he's currently on, he is banished with a faint popping noise and returned to his home pl- home plane. And if the spell e- uh, ends after a minute and it hasn't been interrupted, he stays there.
3: Okay. And do you know which what actually happens to him? Or you just think that he gets like, does the spell let you know if he ends up in his home plane or if he ends up somewhere else?
1: That is an...
3: X, I think that's up to you. Okay, he disappears. You don't know exactly what happened. Anything else?
1: Uh, nope. I-, I yelled at
3: the captain. Uh, lieutenant's gone. Send him
1: home. So I give you this chance to surrender. All right, Bernie, it's your
4: turn. All right, Bernie's gonna cast Hold Person as a third level spell, so she can cast it on two people, and she's gonna cast it on Carlton and the <laughs> captain. <laughs> <laughs> What's the saving throw for for
3: whole person?
4: It is.
2: Bernie knows how I get I, my temper tantrums. <laughs> She's putting me in the timeout corner.
4: A wisdom saving throw.
3: Okay, wisdom. What's the DC?
4: Uh, seventeen. 17.
3: The, <laughs> oh, I failed.
4: Uh, the captain
3: failed as well. Yep.
4: And so they're both held. Yes. <laughs> and I'm going to say, you are both adults.
6: <laughs>
4: you are going to listen. To me, we just wanted a cut. I'm sorry that you're upset that we tagged along and helped you not die. If you did notice, half the time, it was just me and Carlton and Travancore attacking these things. Never all of us at once. So if you wanted to pick a fight with all of us, I would tell you it would not go well. But I don't want to start an international incident today. It has been a long couple of weeks physically emotionally i've been underground a lot there have been drought i don't want to do this shit right now my friend just sent your friend god knows where if you guys are from a different plane he's back there now if not he'll pop back up in a little while or maybe he won't don't know what's gonna happen never really (laughs) done that successfully before so this is gonna be a great experiment learning experience for everybody you came in and you threatened my dog and then you attacked my half work. Go home. Just go home. I'm going to... Carlton, you're not going to attack him anymore. I'm going to let the spell up in a second. And you are going to take your howler and you're going to go home and you're going to leave that sash on the fucking floor when you do. <laughs>
3: uh. I, we our Our loot negotiations have definitely made progress. Go ahead and make an intimidation check with advantage.
4: All right. I was wondering if it would be intimidation. I was hoping it would be persuasion.
3: No. No. You're not. This isn't friendly at all.
6: 18. Yes.
3: Okay. All right. Well, he's still held, so he can't respond until you you let him go.
4: When and if your lieutenant gets back here, you will let him know that hostilities have ended and you get to go. And we're just going to say... You owe us one. How about that? And, uh, uh, concentration up to a minute. So she's going to look at Carlton next, and she's going to say, Carlton? (coughs) I understand that you're angry. (coughs) However, (laughs) we cannot cause an international incident today. And if we kill these hippopotamus gentlemen... (laughs) (laughs)
6: <laughs> <man. Ethnic> slur. <laughs> if
4: we kill these hippopotamus gentlemen we will be causing an international incident
5: interdimensional incident actually
4: <laughs> perhaps an interdimensional incident and if you recall we have one of those on our hands already
3: bernie yeah as you finish that sentence you and everybody actually in this room hear Gestock outside going, oh, wait, what? What are you, what? What's going on? And you hear booted feet Uh-oh. entering the basement behind you as half a dozen more GIF, oh, all God. armed, line up, guns now pointed at you. They're about 15 feet away. The one that has come in first, even though they're all kind of in the line, the one calls out, Captain, we're here to help!
4: Bernie's going to let the spell up.
3: All right. You let it go. Carlton, what do you do? The gif is going to stand there for a moment. The captain.
2: I am going to move over to him. And I'll be like, there's one thing I fear. And it is not death. It is pissing off that one. And I point to Bernie. (laughs) And I say, look at my eyes. You see the burning fury of a thousand suns. It is nothing. Compared to her.
4: She's going to wink and wave. Listen to her.
2: Listen to her. And I will ready in action if he tries to do anything hostile.
3: He looks at you and he seems unimpressed with your words. He looks back at Bernie. And then he looks at the the half a dozen of his men that have just shown up. And he says, I was warned before I came here that you were uncultured brutes. And now I know for sure. If you want these beasts, take them. Go ahead and see if you can claim the bounty and pandemonium for yourself. He looks over at Jonathan and he says, my man.
1: Uh, all right. I guess if I end concentration, it doesn't matter where he went. So I end concentration. Okay. So what I do, hold on. I go, I cast Mage Hand, it goes over to where the lieutenant was,
3: and it goes... As you cast Mage Hand, you hear several guns cocking behind you.
1: Don't, don't worry, don't worry,
3: and... Uh, Make a persuasion check. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs>
1: don't worry, don't worry, persuasion. Uh, that is going to be 12. Just
3: bring him back.
1: Fine. Boop, and he does it with his hand, and he ends concentration.
3: Okay. It was
1: going to be funnier the other way. <laughs> it
6: was, except you That's have pretty six funny this gift way.
4: Actually, how Bernie did all that fucking work to get in this peacefully, and you're like, I'm a cast mage hand, and these people it's who've mage never mage seen hand. magic before are like, it's a witch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just
3: maiden. Yeah, they're all on edge. the The six behind you in the basement don't quite know what's going on. All they know is that they were uh, called to assist because they were being attacked, and now you are casting a spell. So. But fortunately, you uh, just bring the lieutenant back, who is wide-eyed and and looks around and then looks over at the captain. And the, the captain gives him a nod and says, we've done what we needed to do. Let us go. Leave these to clean up the mess. And they start to walk out. Uh, As they go, the lieutenant reaches down and grabs the discs that he had placed on the the little bit that Carlton had sliced off. He grabs the disc off of that. He grabs the disc off of the other one. They walk past you. The, The captain gets saluted by the six gif that are outside who all stand at attention. He nods to all of them and says, Good work. We need to work on your response, but that was adequate for not knowing the situation and they walk up and out the stairs as they're walking Bye. away jonathan the Magic
1: muscular gives one gives a really shitty salute just like
2: yeah i imagine Hand was just giving it a little one-fingered salute
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no that's what happens no mayten Mei- <laughs> no, no
5: no 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 you don't do anything anymore you stop you uh, Travancore actually glares at him like like just a shut the fuck up look just don't do anything
4: I feel like
2: Carl is a bad influence on Jonathan sometimes.
4: (laughs) Yes, yes. Bernie feels the same way. Listen, (laughs) I need you all to roll
3: perception checks.
1: Oh no. Uh, what is my
5: perception? I think two or just uh humanoids.
3: Uh, give me one for shadow. Yay! The other animals are upstairs anyway. All right. Actually, Bucks will see something very interesting. Uh, Jonathan. Thirteen for me, I guess. Don't roll for Bucks. Okay. He's, he's, he's in a different situation and doesn't need to roll. Uh, Carlton. Uh, 24. And Bernie?
4: Also a 24.
3: And Dravencore. 22. Uh, so the three of you, uh, Jonathan, you're, you're too busy trying to make your mage hand make, uh, obscene gestures in, in, <laughs> in military parlance, but the three of you feel the ground shake and you could swear you hear a low rumble from upstairs. And just about that time... Because Bucks is still within 100 feet. Because while you are downstairs, the the actual distance between the two of you, I don't think it matters that there's a floor there. Jonathan, Bucks has watched as these eight GIF have marched out the door. And then some weird silver thing has appeared and is starting to fly. Wait, what? I get this. And I'm like,
1: oh, shit. (laughs) You guys aren't going to believe this. (laughs) They they just took off in a flying cart. You're right. I don't believe it. Like,
3: (laughs) Really? Yeah. The ground continues to shake, and Bucks wings his way over to the window to watch as what kind of looks like. A a large metallic sphere of some sort, um, a little bit longer than it is tall, uh, with these jets of flame coming out the back and um, bits of what look like feet on the bottom that are retracting into the body of this creature now rises up out of the street and starts to fly up into the sky with quite a lot of speed. You know an egg? It kind of looked like a giant
1: middle egg, kind of.
6: Okay. But flatter. It's weird. Okay. I'll draw it later.
1: Uh.
3: The ground stops shaking as Bucks watches this thing go boom. And as it's Jonathan gone. the
1: Magimuscular muscular becomes a UFO believer. <laughs> <laughs> and no one fucking <laughs> believes him.
4: <laughs> no, your punishment is no one believes you. <laughs> we hey uh
2: hey Jonathan. Yo. Would would our friend, would your friends at the Amethyst Acropolis want to, like, investigate these and, like, know more about this? Like, is they're from pand- Pandora? Uh,
4: uh, pandemonium, dear.
2: Pand- pandemonium? Yeah,
1: I think, I think these things from Pangea would interest them greatly.
4: Pandemonium! Okay. Oh, I just
3: want them out of my basement. What are those?
2: Yeah, don't worry. We gotta get stuck. I grab the one by the tail and I start dragging it. I'm just gonna drag it across town to the Amethyst Acropolis. Give me a
4: strength check. God, I really hope you fail this. I don't know why, but I really hope you fail this. (laughs) Well, he's strong enough that it's possible he could start dragging.
2: Uh, unskilled or athletics?
4: Uh,
3: unskilled. This isn't an athletic event. This is dragging. <laughs> Natural <laughs>
6: 20. Yeah.
3: Cheers. 25. All 25 right. total. I'll say, as we fade out on the scene of Carlton grabbing this thing by the tail, and despite the fact that it is um quite a few sizes larger than him, managing to drag it up the stairs and heading towards uh, the The towers of the Amethyst Acropolis where mages sit hopefully ready to examine a creature from Pandemonium because you don't know what else to do with these things and they're smelling up the, the Golden Rock Tavern. We'll pause there as you guys have defeated a bunch of hours and almost been attacked by a battalion of gifts.
4: He
6: <laughs> shot me!
3: Wow. All right, let me give you a same experience.
4: You literally have someone in your party who is working up to a fucking persuasion roll on which he has, like, plus nine, and you're like, no, I'm just going to banish you. And I'm like... <laughs> Donovan has been
3: waiting for banishment to work for literally weeks. Yeah. <laughs> it won't work until your heart is pure.
4: Honestly, honestly, I had a moment because I have banishment too and I took it and I was like, you know what? If he banishes this guy successfully, I will just banish the other guy and be done with this shit. And then I didn't know. And then you brought up the plane thing and I was like, shit. And so I was like, whole person it is. All right. Well, well, let me give you some. The ex- problem is
1: like, and Jonathan the muscular almost asked the lieutenant on the way out, like, hey, so were you back home or were you like in a weird box? Describe your, describe your experience. But he figured he probably wouldn't With a an little answer. journal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, I, I must know for science.
3: An exit <laughs> interview on this guy? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> I, I, a customer satisfaction form. Was your stay in the harmless demi-plane satisfactory to you? Did it meet no. your
3: expectations? Zero out of five. <laughs> Five stars. It was very unsatisfactory. I'll answer. What, what for would you him. feel your
1: Yelp, the Yelp score would be for that for that property?
6: Well, Negative bad. twelve out
3: of thirty two quatlus. <laughs> would
6: you recommend All right. it for this sounds Airbnb. like a
5: social media escalation waiting to happen. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, he is so going to ream you out on on uh, which. All right. For uh, helping to defeat two horrible creatures, uh, fiends of chaotic evil, for almost getting into a, an incident with a squadron of GIF and then managing not to get into a, 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 an incident with a squadron of GIF. You're welcome. And then maybe still getting into an incident in the future with a squadron of GIF. Jeez. And then Jonathan becoming a believer in UFOs, which is probably the most beautiful thing ever. I'm going to give you a total. How much is it for? Uh, it's going to be uh, 9,500 experience to split between the four of you. Wow. New listeners, she never
4: gives us anything divisible by four.
3: That is divisible yep. by is four. It, is clean. it divisible by
4: four? It's clean. Oh, it's a yeah. God, yeah, 25. Yeah, sorry. It's a
3: whole number. Yep. <laughs> it
4: is divisible you.
3: by four. I, I, I was just saying. I sometimes give you stuff, divisible by four. And next time, if you return on Dungeon Drunks, you will hear what our team has been up to in the city of Waterdeep when there aren't gif and howlers, when there aren't homophobes around. Thanks for listening to our adventure. If you've enjoyed our show, visit us at dungeondrunks.com for links to all of our social media, pictures and bio of our cast, a full list of credits, and more. We'd appreciate it if you left us a review, and we would love it if you come support us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash dungeon drunks to sign up. Thanks again, and we'll see you next encounter.